You're listening to the Thinker What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Kevin Ware, the founder of Just Breed 815, a newly formed not-for-profit. They collect gently used clothing and redistribute it to homeless youth in the Rockford area. You'll learn how he's helping teens know they matter and have worth, and the importance of showing up. So today, on the Thinker What Works podcast, Kevin Ware founder of Just Breathe 815. Kevin, you're an excited man. Welcome. Man, I'm so uh, just so grateful and thankful to be here to talk about what God has laid on our heart. It's just a blessing. Yeah? yeah. Tell us, what, what has God laid on your heart? God's laid on our heart just to have the ability to uh, help homeless teens in Winnebago and Boone County area. A lot of people don't know this, that Rockford is the second in the state of Illinois for homeless teens, right? Wow. There's 2,500 homeless teens. And Just Breathe 815, our mission is to help those in need one life at a time. Mm-hmm. And homeless teens, uh, we want to help them, you know, because they shouldn't go to school with holy shoes and pants wearing the same clothes every single day. And that's our mission to help those kids. Wow. So these 2,500 homeless teens, that, is that, that's the statistic you gave? That's the six. What? Yeah. Where, where are those kids? Right, Everywhere. Like right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, in the afternoon on a Thursday. Where are those kids at right now? So a lot of the kids are, they're in shelters, they're living at grandma's, they're on the street, they're in after school programs, or, uh, I mean, they're just all over the city. And just the bottom line to, when you see kids walking around and, you know, they don't have no place to go, it's just terrible. You know, it's just ugly. And, you know, God wants us to do better than that, you know, because we want the kids to know that they matter, that they have worth, and then someone sees them, you know. How did this come about? Where did you? What did you do to discover this, or how did this? How did this become a passion in your life? Well, here because I'm on a break. And the reason, think of what works podcast. We've been talking to people who've been in business for a while in some cases, and we're asking them what works. So in Kevin's case, uh, you're going to explain in a second. This is something that just came up a few months ago, and I. The reason I asked him to come in was how a lot of people get. Um, ideas, you know, we really should do something about that. And then they, you know, there's something dings in their phone, and they move on to something else. But you went from thinking we need to do something to action very quickly. So give us the background of why why you started it. So it started as a casual conversation um, at home with my uh, oldest daughter Brianna. I asked her one day. I said, Bri, why are you always sharing stuff on uh, Facebook about missing teens? And Brianna, in her own way, she just is just so special. She said, Well, Dad, it's sort of uh, just like you. And I said, What do you mean? She said, It's sort of like how you're passionate about the homeless population. And she says, Dad, where do the kids go in the city that need clothes? And right in our living room, Just Breathe 815 was formed because we just was like, how, what? It was like crazy. But um, it was just a blessing. So we had no money, no resources, no plan. So we talked to, I talked to my wife, was like, how are we going to do this? So we looked around to find like these barrels that they use like at the Northern um, Illinois Food Bank or something. They were too expensive. So my wife comes up with this great idea. We had remember we had no money, no resources, and no plan to order boxes from Home Depot, right? So we ordered like fifty or sixty boxes, and we didn't have no money, no resources, no plan. And so we checked around, and we were like, "How are we going to get our logo on these boxes?" So my wife says, "Well, why don't we have?" Tiana do it. And it's just like, are you serious? You know, it's just a blessing the way that God lines all that stuff up. He was preparing us that entire time for that. 
And so one afternoon, Brianna and Tiana and my wife were out in the driveway. We're painting our logos on these bins because we believed in that so much. And then the, the third thing was like, how are we going to get the word out for this? How are we going to? Who who would give us the chance or would actually believe in what we're trying to do? So we started reaching out to businesses in Rockford. And every business that we went into, they said yes. Right? How did you pick them out? I, we just I knew some of the people in the city, um, but just walked in, you know, and said, Hey, we're uh just for eight one five. Our mission is changed. At first it was our mission is to collect uh gently used clothing for homeless teens in Winnebago and Boone County area. And we I mean, we knew it so much because it's, I mean, I woke up every single day just like dreaming about it. Or I was just it was just crazy because I was so passionate about. But when God puts something in your heart, you don't need a plan. You don't need resources. You just need to do what he asked you to do. And he'll bring those things. He'll build everything so as you go. So your first uh, your first foray into this is just you've got now these big boxes. You went out to these businesses and all of a sudden you're collecting items that then you're going to give away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have a plan to about how you were going to give these things away? Nope. How do you get to these 2,500 you know, kids who are homeless? So once we start collecting the clothes and we're storing the clothes in our garage and we're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? How are we going to get the clothes out? So the relationship that we had with Second Congregational Church, um, years ago I used to work for the Boys and Girls Club, and they ended that program. So we were thinking, where could we, where could we distribute the clothes to the teens in the heart of the city. Second Congregational is right down the street from the bus station, and it's in the heart of the city. So we went in, and we asked uh, Miss Becky, and she was like, okay, Kevin, here's the keys. We were like, what? Is that not God? I mean, that just does not happen, right? So then we start hosting events once a month out of Second Congregational Church. In our first event, we were able to uh, bless over 60 kids, our second event, it was a hundred. Third one, it was actually one forty. And this Saturday, we have our um, back to school hygiene drive. But it actually just started in our living room. You know, when God puts something on your heart, and He just brings people together, like our team. You know, God just brings some people together that can do what you can't do and believe what you believe. You know, and that's what you do. You don't have to have a plan. You just go. But as 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 you've gone, mm-hmm. what have you learned? I mean, because it's, you, you, you you didn't have a plan, but now you have clothes coming in. Now you have to clean them. You have to distribute them. You, you found a place to to do them. Have you learned some business practices through this? Well, I you, I have learned that you got to have revenue, you know, to order operations for us to order bins to launder the clothes because we just actually figured out how much how much money that we've been using out of our own pockets because we believe in this um we've actually spent twelve hundred dollars in doing laundry Mm -hmm. and it's like we we didn't even think about it because it didn't matter because we were our goal and our focus is on the kids you know so i've learned to look ahead and try to be a big picture thinker, which i'm not but the thing about that is god brings in a team of people that can do what you can't do so we have a president, our vice president, Jennifer, is just amazing. She just multiplies anything. I mean, she's just such a blessing. And our president, Gail, she's just like, oh, my God, she can just walk up to anybody and just talk about Just Be 815. And we all have that mission and that passion because we want to help the teens. What's the larger goal? I mean, we, you know, right now you're, you're helping a certain number of kids, but five years from now, what do you hope to be doing? 
five years from now, teen drop-off centers all, all across the country. That's our big goal. Um, because we're going to open a teen drop-in center at Second Congregational Church. We will be the second in the state of Illinois. What it would look like is teens, would, the homeless teens will be able to come, take a shower. They will be uh, able to get a meal or hot or cold meal and clothing as well. Um, there's one in the state of uh, Illinois called the Covenant House. And we're also going to be open for LGBTQ mm-hmm. because 70, well, actually it's 40% of all uh, homeless teens are LGBTQ. A lot of people don't know that. Where do they go? You know, where do they go when, you know, society's telling them that they're, they're not good, they don't matter, they don't have worth, you know, but they're going to have a place to go now. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things you and I have talked about is, you know, some bu- putting some business practices in, into place. And you, one of the things you've talked about is you're not a salesman, but everything you've done so far is sales. You're selling a vision and not a product. So do you kind of realize that, that what you really do is, is, is selling, but you're in a different way? That's new. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. Because, the, the, right, Jason, the best salesman doesn't feel like he's selling something. Oh, sure. He's yeah, trying to help selling. somebody. He's yeah. trying to get something to somebody that they need, which is what you're doing in a different way. But it's our team that's doing it. You know, it's, I mean, it's just a blessing that we, but yeah, it, I've never thought about it like that, you know. But it's like this. Sam, uh, Simon Sinek says that if you find people who believe what you believe, he has this thing called the golden circle. He gives a, a, an example between two leaders, Samuel Pierpont Langley and the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers. The Wright brothers had no money, no resources, no plan. They had an old bicycle shop. While Samuel Pierpont Langley had all the money, he had all the resources, the media followed him around everywhere. And they were both trying to do the same thing. So Samuel Pierpont Langley, he ends up failing time after time. But the Wright brothers found people that believe what they believe, was willing to do the things that needed to be done through blood, sweat, and tears. And when Samuel Pierpont Langley found out that the Wright brothers took flight, he quit and gave up because he only cared about one thing. He wanted to be rich, and he wanted to be first. The Wright brothers found people that believe what they believe. And you don't need money. You don't need resources. You just have to find your why. And our why is to help the homeless teams one life at a time. And if we don't have no money, we're still going to be doing it, you know, And because that's what we believe. One of the other th- interesting things about you is that you've been able to talk to a lot of different people, like finding mentors for, for different things. You're always posting those pictures on Facebook. Is there, you know, How do you get into those doors? Is it just... Are you? Is it like a cold call? You're just knocking on doors. Do you have pre-existing relationships with these people? Uh, that and my character and the way our family is in the community. And I, for us, is that God just He just brings the right people at the right time. You know, for example, like you, you. Sh- I mean, you just you wrote our grant and you blessed us. We didn't have no money. Well, no you, you don't have any money still. <laughs> we haven't won yet. <laughs> but, we'll bring it back if you win. <laughs> but you did that. Right. And you right. didn't you you didn't have to do that, you know, and God will provide. I mean, the right people will just show up because, you know, they see something like this. This team, they're they're trying to help the, the community and they're not asking for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? How'd you build the team? How do we build a team? It's all God, first of all. And just relationships that we had before. And our vice president, Jennifer, she's here with us. 
um, going to the dentist, and I, you know, I, I watched in front. I was like, there's something about her that just stands out. And Gail, our president, we met her one time at a, an event, and she kind of just walked across, like we were downtown Rockford, and she just walked across, and she had this look on her face, like the same look that I had was like, what is going on up in here? This is not organized. What is going on? And we just kind of just built that relationship. So we have a team of just people that believe in the mission. Mm-hmm. You know, the Covenant House in Chicago. So what is like? What's that like? And why aren't there more of those? I have no idea. The Covenant House basically it, it is the same model that we're trying to do, but they got a lot of resources because you know they've been doing it for like I think like eight years, eight to nine years. So the Covenant House is open to LGBTQ. They provide the clothing, they provide showers, they provide food and a safe environment. The one catch to them is they're actually overnight. Our teen drop-in center, we would like to get there one day, but we have to realize, you asked me something earlier, you have to be more practical Mm -hmm. because I'm a dreamer. I just want to go and do it. And I'm learning over time that you have to start planning and you got to start putting some things in place. And, and, And the best way that I've learned that is making dumb mistakes or failures or like someone um i we were supposed to do the steve shannon show uh this morning and i completely messed that up and you know but that reminds me i need to slow down and focus on the goal you know because so we, we, so we have to apologize to steve for you missing that's all right <laughs> steve, steve forgives you i'm sure yeah. <laughs> so let, let, let me circle back on something you said you said you know you have to you have to have revenue right we're where do you find yourself now with revenue? Not where we need to be at. Yeah. To so, do what we want to do, you have to raise revenue. Mm-hmm. It just eventually we're going to have to because the church is going to the church is allowing us to have the teen drop in center, but and I want to say, but our long term goal is to have a building, right? And unless someone says, "Hey, I have a building for you guys because we believe in what you're doing." We're going to have to raise revenue for it. It's just Well, even if you get it, you'll have to pay the taxes. You'll, you know, so revenue has to come in the door at some point. Yeah, at some point, but we don't know how. But the thing about that is that is not going to stop us from doing what we're doing. One of the things I thought about is there are a lot of programs or help out there for small business or entrepreneurs. Have you found any and I don't really know of any good programs to teach people who want to start nonprofits good business practices. Has that been a struggle so far? It has been. And that's one of the questions that you had you had asked me. I asked you all the time. I was like, do you have any books that I can read on this? <laughs> right? Because there's really, there's no books there. I think that startups are, I, you should, I mean, startups, I mean, we're a grassroots nonprofit that believes in what we believe. And we have some more people that just show up. Take, for example, a lady, her name is Lynn Olson. She's wrote our business plan, right? And she just, I've known her like a couple years when I worked at Cartman Space and I hadn't seen her in a long time. So she saw what we we're doing. So I messaged her and I said, hey, would you have a cup of coffee with me, right? And we met and she, I told her the story of how we've been doing this. And she said, well, Kevin, do you have any resources? No. She's like, well, do you have a building? No. Do you have a plan? I said, no, but I have a, we have a mission. And she reaches across the table and she says, I'm going to help you. And she says, normally I don't do this. And when you hear someone say, normally I don't do this, you know that's God. And she helped us build our business plan. And she's actually meeting up the street right now with half the team to finalize our business plan for our teen drop-in center. God will provide the people. 
if you stay focused on what matters most, the why. Why are you doing it? We know our why is to help the teens. From a business standpoint, I mean, if you're if you're leading a business, uh, one of the problems with entrepreneurs is trying to do everything. Isn't that correct? I mean, one of the things that we do here at Thinker is making sure that uh, the people in charge have the right focus. Sure, yeah. So the things that Kevin's talking about are these common... When you're Jason, when you're talking to um, small business owners, mm-hmm. how do you counsel people to put people in the right? I guess they call it the right seats in the bus. Yeah, the right seats on the bus. Sure, it's it's super important. I think I think particularly it happens at not for profits. Uh, probably, I think more so than other places, is believing that heart is enough, and that good intentions are enough, and they just aren't. Because at the end of the day, something's got to get done, and it should be done by skilled individuals who have a heart, but. It goes back to the, the, you know, you're, you're mentioning, you know, God and, and church and things like that. And the, there's the old saying, you know, would you rather have a, you know, Christian doctor or, or a doctor who's Christian? And, <laughs> right? Hmm. And I'd rather have a doctor, quite honestly, uh, hmm. because he's a doctor and he's really good at what he does. And the fact that we have some other, some other thing in common is really secondary to the fact that he knows what he's doing as a doctor. That makes sense. Hmm. Just a, down the road, as a nonprofit gets bigger, you're going to have to find people for the right spots in the bus. And it kind of comes back to um, how do you teach, or are there programs out there for nonprofits to teach that? And there are. You know, I I think. Um, uh, there are books. Mm-hmm. There, there are things that move that can help move move, move not for profits forward, and there are seminars and workshops. But it goes back, I think, to uh, the concept that a lot of not for profits exist because they have a good heart and a good intention, uh, but they don't build they don't build the organization into something that's sustainable and think about organization things like organizational development, which is a skill. It's not just going to come naturally without pain and suffering, right? Uh, like like many of our experiences in life, um, and you can short circuit that pain and suffering and make fewer mistakes and accelerate faster uh, by going off and, and getting those resources. But it sounds like you're well. You, you I think you you talked about it. You're well connected, right? You have you know a lot of people, and you know I think you you mentioned well you don't need resources. You don't you, at one point you said you don't need resources. You don't need money, but you need to know your why. Well, I think what we talk about to people is that. There's a lot of money in the world. It's one of the easiest commodities to come by, in fact. What stands between you and money is a good story that someone will believe so that they'll give you money. And it sounds to me like your compelling story is sitting in you. It's sitting in your, sitting in your mind. You know, I think if our listeners could, could see the passion, right? I, I know they can hear the passion. If they mm-hmm. can see the passion, boy, that's a slam dunk, isn't it? I mean, yes. Yes, sir. Well, you've, you've worked... You, You've already talked about you've worked at the Boys and Girls Club, Carpenter's Place, and now you work for the Rock for Rescue Mission. So mm-hmm. you've been around the nonprofit industry for a while. What are some of the best practices from those groups that you eventually think you can adopt for Just Breathe 815? Carpenter's Place has a great model. Um, they help a lot of homeless adults and veterans and um, they're doing some great things. Their system, the way they're set up, the Rock for Rescue Mission do some great things as well. But I, I, if I had to say, it would be Carpenter's Place, you know, okay. because the people 
Uh, they come in, they treat them, you know, as they are. They see them, they matter, they have worth. You know, it's sort of like an emergency room. You know, they come in, they don't have their identification, they don't have no food, they don't have no clothes. And Carbon Space has this ability to meet them where they are. And I think uh, I've learned in a lot of nonprofits that I've been around, you know, they have their own agenda and they have their own way of doing things. But the one thing I learned about Carbon Space, they meet people where they are, you know. And they, you know, they help. So I really like the the way Cartman Space does things. They've always stood out to me. And the Boys and Girls Club, too. You know, mm-hmm. they help so many at-risk youth. So, But right there is, you know, the, the homeless teens. And nobody's really doing much about that. Nobody. I, it's, it's, when you read the stats and the research on that, it's just, it's appalling. You know, when you see kids and when you read the research, it's like 2,500 uh, homeless teens. We work with RPS 205, their uh, FIT, their um, Families in Transition. And I mean, it's just crazy. You know, they run out of boy clothes. Like for some odd reason, why are a lot of our young men locked up in jail today? Do they have a father? Do they have a, a mother or father to tell them that, you know, I'm proud of you. I love you. You know, so those type of things that we want to instill in the, the homeless teens, teach them about budgeting, teach them about another thing that no one talks about is teen suicide. You know, well, actually, gonna... we, we, you know, Kevin Polkey, uh, we work with Shatter Our Silence, and which is how I first learned about Just Breathe 815 was mm-hmm. yeah. they were working together. Yeah. He's a blessing, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just showed and see there it goes again. He just shows up and, and it's like, hey, can you do this? And, and here's a story about that. So someone saw what we're doing on, on Facebook and uh, a friend of mine that I used to work with years ago at Rosecrans. She reached out and said, hey, I, I like what you guys are doing. How can I help? And I'm like, well, you can help in any way you want to. And she's like, no, no, I, I really want to help. And I'm like, okay. So she's the reason why I met Kevin, right? If it was not for her, I would have not, never met Kevin. I wouldn't have met you. I've, You know, we've passed each other in times, but it's the small things. that my, It's those relationships is, you know, People see that cause and they know it's a problem. Because if you think about it, the first miracle in the Bible that Jesus performed was they ran out of wine and Jesus, he wasn't, supposedly wasn't this time, but he made more wine. Once you recognize a problem, if your solution, collecting clothes for homeless teens and then giving them, we're not selling the clothes, we're not asking them for anything. We want to love on those teens, right? You recognize a, a, a problem and you get up and do something about it. So many people sit on the sidelines and complain about this and that. But the question is, are they doing anything about it? You know, Teddy Roosevelt, he says, the battle goes to the man or woman in the arena. And we'll be known, our team will be known for uh, a group of people that love, we fight, we argue, we have fun. But we're in the arena, you know. And we don't we don't operate with titles and things like that because what matters the most is are we helping? We, we yeah. got to get a Teddy Roosevelt quote in the opening. Then you're gonna you're gonna use that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, Teddy's, Teddy's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing now, let's turn it back to business. What you have just discussed, we did a blog post about today, and that's called establishing a beachhead. We, yeah. So there's a thing in town called One Million Cups. We're actually gonna move it here to Thinker. And that takes place every Wednesday at 9 o'clock, so you can't come because you're working. But um, That ain't fair. <laughs> Take some anyway. time off and come over anyhow. <laughs> um, a, a lady in town, she wanted to get in, into the city market. 
And so she called up and said, because she likes baking. She, she doesn't like what she's doing now. She wanted to be a baker. And she called up and said, well, I'd like to get in the city market. How do I get in? They said, well, what can you do? Said, well, I want to bake sweets. And they said, no, we've got two people to bake sweets. And, and she was kind of disappointed. They said, but we need somebody who can bake bread. We lost our bread baker. Well, she, hasn't, she didn't bake bread, but it's a market opportunity. She goes, oh, yeah, I can bake bread. So she practices for seven weeks. She starts going to the market, and she sells out all the time. Now she has a business in town. She, it's a bakery that totally focuses only on bread. All the other bakeries in town focus on sweets. So she's established what they call a beachhead. She's taking care of a market opportunity. Once she learns her business, then she's going to expand in other things, which is the way Amazon got going. Amazon started out by selling books. Now they sell everything. So what you guys started out, you established a beachhead by collecting and distributing clothes, which you then want to start with the teen drop-in center, which then you want to expand to Freeport to Dixon. So really, you know, again, you don't realize it, but what you've done is a common business practice. So you start reading those business books, and you'll be in good shape. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. But this... One of the most important stories that you just shared, I've always thought of Bill Gates. Bill Gates built the software in his garage. He worked his nine to five every single day and he built the software and he took it to IBM and they said, oh, it'll never be nothing. Oh, it'll never be. Oh, OK, whatever. And he kept right on working, you know. Now, think about what IBM would be if they had actually listened to this kid. That said, hey, I got this thing. I've been working. I'm working every single. I wake up. I'm before I even get to work. I'm working. I'm thinking about. I'm I'm working on it. And they turned them down. And so many businesses that I went into before, they said, oh no, man, we can't help you. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then so many other ones were like, of course, and it didn't make sense to me. It's normally the guy or the girl that's in the arena that's fighting, that's got that vision to focus and help what matters most the kids need to know that they are loved that they are treasured and that they have worth and that no matter how far down the wrong road they've gone they can always turn back because that's what matters the most for us we've talked a lot about connecting with other people and the people that you know let's talk about mentors so you've you've talked about teddy roosevelt we talked about bill gates you know alex you brought up uh you know, Amazon and Jeff and Jeff. And so talk to me, who are, who are your mentors? Who are you following? Well, first of all, one of my is God, of course. And another person I've always admired, and I was blessed, Lord Jesus, to meet him because my wife one time got this. Uh, he was here um, as a keynote speaker for the Salvation Army. Right. Mm -hmm. Chris Gardner. Hmm. Chris Gardner. Um, Will Smith played him in the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Oh, great movie. And I, I, I've read all of his books and just his story. He has a line in there. He says, the Calvary isn't coming, right? And to me, just the way he describes it, one time he was sitting uh, at home watching um, a cowboy movie with his mom, and, and he loved watching those type of movies. And the mom, one time, the enemy had the hero pinned down. And you think that he's going to get up and fight his way out. Well, he didn't. And the mom tapped him on the shoulder, Chris, on this, and she said, honey, the Calvary is not coming. You got to be your own Calvary. And through all the stuff that Chris Gardner went through, being homeless um, with his son, and actually in the movie, his son was actually younger. They showed him that um, he was older, but in real life, his son was much younger. Hmm. 
and his son is actually six foot eight, but just his <laughs> story, you know, his the pursuit of we're all in that pursuit of happiness. But some people's pursuit is different. Some people's pursuit is towards riches and things like that. Other people's pursuits is towards happiness, serving, helping someone else. You know, so my pursuit, our pursuit of happiness is to help the homeless teens because that's what matters the most. So where do you need where do you need the most help now? Where does where does Just Breathe eight one five need the most help? I would say we're learning to do fundraisers. That's the, something that we've never done before. Um, to obtain our to obtain a facility, you know, uh, our long term goal is to um, have our own facility where the teens could come in, and it would actually be in a central place where the teens are, you know would feel safe and comfortable. But we've been blessed by Second Congregational Church who, you know, like I said earlier, they just we went there, we talked to them, and they said yes, right? And But, you know, you want to be good stewards when someone's extending you an opportunity. Um, and that's why a, a good guy named Alex Gary just shows up and helps <laughs> us write a grant. And it's a long shot, but he did it. He didn't have to do it, but he did it anyway. And that's a, if we could do more of that in life, if we could, a young kid that's got this, oh, God, I got this idea and I want to help. If we could do more of that, oh, my God, there's more Bill Gates sitting at home every single day. They got this dream. They got this vision. And they walk to someone and say, hey, someone's successful, and they turn them down. Jennifer wrote a note, though. She thinks she ought to mention something else. We need volunteers, too. Because <laughs> this is a blessing, you know. The community, the businesses that we work with, I mean, we just did a, a drive with uh, Mayor McNamara um, last week from the 7th through 11th, and we would have to make three or four trips just to pick up the clothes because the community is so behind us. We can't do it without them. And Mayor McNamara, he's just awesome. But volunteers, I mean, my God, we need volunteers. Have you connected blessing. with nonprofitthrive.com? We connected with Nonprofit okay, Thrive, yeah, yeah. and that's another one. If we hadn't met Alex, yeah. we would have never heard of it. Right, yeah. Right? So it's those small things that matter. I'm the type of person, and a lot of people know this about me, I'm the type of person, if you show up for me, and if you show up, for me, that's priceless. Because that's what I care about the most, you know? So I'm going to cry right now, but I'm trying not to cry. But that's what's, for me, that's the most important thing, that people, the teens, they need to know that they matter and that somebody's fighting for them, you know? And so many fathers and mothers are in jail. They locked up and these kids are on the street and they don't know that somebody's fighting for them. And for me, when someone, to me, that means when someone shows up, that means they're fighting for me. And it may be small. It may be small to someone else, but when, yeah, man, I'll do it. And you're like, huh? I'll do it. So what's next for Just Breathe 815? To be honest with you, there's no telling. You know, what God has a plan in all of this. Our teen drop-in center, that's our vision. Um, we've reached out to several different places in Dixon, Freeport, actually Virginia, uh, Florida as well. Um, we don't know how we're going to do it. We actually want to look at shipping uh, the clothes. We actually um, reached out to, someone reached out to us from India. Um, yeah, so we're talking about that, how we're going to do, uh, how we might do that. A state line church is helping us. So we just continuing to grow. And I mean, the goal is to have a, you know, a place where the teens can come, they can feel safe and they can feel loved on and, and know that they matter. So there's no telling what God's got up his sleeve. Awesome. Well, it has been a true pleasure 
to to chat with you, Kevin. Uh, I'm glad that you met Alex. I'm glad that we all connected, and we're we're really looking forward to seeing what's next with Just Breathe 815. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, guys. You're awesome.